Hello, everyone. All right, you listeners might notice that I am looking different than normal, and I'm about to tell you the reason. Um, I'm having such a hard time. This is going to seem hilarious, but I really am having such a hard time not yawning and just falling asleep. I, I think it's this this time of the day or something, but um, I have such a hard time that I, I've just decided I'm just going to stand up, so I just... <laughs> Propped my computer up, uh, propped my laptop up, props to my laptop, and now it's up. Um, and uh, I'm just, I'm going to stand up, see how, we're gonna see how it goes. Last time I did the worst thing possible, which is that I put myself in a comfy, like, reclining position in my couch, which was a terrible idea. Almost died. <laughs> Literally, just, just almost just died. I'm just out of boredom. But no, I'm standing up. Um, this way I can not have, like, I can address cat-related issues without, you know, having to throw my entire, like, system around. For example, here he is. I know someone complained about too much cat, um, and so I'm just briefly gonna just let you guys know he's here. Here's Mr. Kitty. Say something to the audience. Okay. I've covered the cat now. We've addressed the the soft, cuddly cat. Okay. Now he's gone. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that, so... All you cat haters, that's it. That's it for the cat. Unless he, you know, attacks me, which he will. Um, Okay, so we're on my favorite joke reading, um, which is, why is six afraid of seven? Because second kings, seven, eight, nine. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, the second kings part I never got. Um, So, but yeah, but that was the joke when I was little. Uh, So yeah, we're doing second kings, seven, eight, nine. Why is Second Kings six afraid of Second Kings seven? Because Second Kings seven eight nine. Uh, so anyway, that's not funny to anyone else, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I'm standing. I like this. I can move around. Do, 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 do. I'm over here. I'm over there. Yeah, let's see, my mic's gonna fall over, but that's you know that's cost of doing business. Hold on. Okay, there we go. I've got to I've got to find a way to get this in the right position here. Okay. All right. So. If you remember, uh, nothing was happening. Let me just recap. Nothing was happening. Okay, we've covered that that recap we have to do every time. Then Alicia said... Oh, the other ingredient of... (laughs) I know, I never actually read the Bible. Um, The other ingredient of falling asleep was that it's effing summer now, pretty much. And even though it's only like 86, I'm ready to die. I I hate summer. I've probably mentioned this before, but I just absolutely... Can't stand it. I just want to be winter all the time. I want to move very high up in the north so that I can just be frozen. I just want to live in an... Uh, I was going to say icicle, but that's not... <laughs> I'm going to live in a ice-built... What? What? You know, those things. That's, wow, it's been a long time since I've needed to remember that word. It seems like back in second or third grade, that was every other day you're talking about Eskimos living in an ice hut. What is that thing? Anyway, um... So yeah, so it being really warm, I just am just falling right asleep. Oh, also the Bible. That's, I don't know if I should have mentioned that, number one. Step number one, the Bible, to, to uh, falling asleep. Okay, so Second Kings 7. Then Elisha uh, said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And if that doesn't make any sense, it's because I should probably recap a little bit. 
um, what had happened was there was a, oh yeah, remember the, oh my gosh, remember the story of the the two women and the one woman's like, so hey, uh, you were all starving, right? Uh, the other one's like, yeah, I'm starving. Yeah, we're all starving. There's a famine. Yeah, everybody's starving. I was thinking, we have two sons, right? One of those guys could, could feed us for a day. So, so let's just, uh, let's, let's today, cause we're all starving. Uh, Igloo. Yeah. Thank you. Duh. Uh, today, why don't we go ahead and boil your son and, and that'll feed us for today. And then tomorrow we'll boil my son and then, and then, uh, you know, then, then that's what we'll eat tomorrow. And so the woman's like, yeah, that seems, seems fairly reasonable. I, I can't think of any objections. I, uh, thinking, no, yeah, I can't, can't think of any, any problems. Seems fine. So they do that. So they boiled her son. Literally, this is in the Bible. This this happened in the Bible. And then the next day, the woman's like, "Hey, so uh, you want to get cooking on your son? Like, how's it going? Was, mm, tasty son yesterday, huh?" And the woman's like, "No, I'm not going to do that." <laughs> so remember, so that's what happened at the end of the last reading. And uh, so this woman went and complained to the king, and the king is like, "I can't even deal with this information. This is so ridiculous." Um, so ridiculously terrible. And the king went, uh, to Elisha and was like this, you got to this drought or, uh, is it a drought? I think it's a drought, but anyway, famine, whatever the source of the famine is, um, you got to end this or I'm going to murder you pretty much. And so now this is, this first paragraph is Elisha saying, well, don't worry tomorrow. Cause it also said like a donkey penis was selling for like a thousand dollars and like you know, like, uh, rat liver was selling, like just all this terrible sounding food that was selling for like hundreds of millions of dollars. Like that was the point that was being made. Basically it was just food was so scarce that prices are driven up. So he says, <laughs> it wasn't actually donkey penis, but it could, you know, whatever it's, it was donkey head, but I don't know. I don't know which head I'm talking about. Um, to me, the the <laughs> donkey penis seems more edible than just a donkey head to me, but I, I don't, you know, doesn't it? I was, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so he says, tomorrow about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel? So it's going to be cheap. Also a shekel. That's weird. I, didn't, I wonder if that's the King James translation happening. Um, I wouldn't think that would be their currency, but maybe I'm totally wrong. All right. Arrows. There we go. Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. So there's a guy who's kind of doubting him. He's like, not even if the Lord just opened up the the sky, would this happen? And so then Elisha said, well, uh, it's going to happen. And now you're not getting any, (laughs) sir. Um, And there are four leprous men at the entering in the gate. And they said to one another, why sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we'll die also. Now, therefore, uh, come and let us fall, yeah, fall under the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, uh, we'll die. But who cares? Because we're dead. Basically, they're, they're plan- they're, they've realized these three lepers are like, well, we're dead no matter, pretty much no matter what. So we might as well go try to talk to the Syrians because they might have food. You know, they might not kill us. And they rose up in the twilight to go under the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. All right, all the women were there. So they, they lucked out. 
No, there's no one there. Uh, for the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of the great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their homes. Uh, sorry, their tents and their horses. That's not their homes. It's an army camp. Uh, and their asses. Even the camp as it was fled for their lives. And when these lepers, so, so the lepers go to the Syrians and they find that everyone's gone. And it's because God had done a miracle of making all the Syrians hear like loud horse noises, like there's a big army coming. And so they're all like, oh, get out of here, there's a big army. So they all ran away. So hence the miracle. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went in one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it, and came again, and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. So these lepers have taken everything, pretty much. But they deserve it, you know. Then they said to one another, We do not well. This is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go tell the king's household. So they came, and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, we came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now shew you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry, therefore they are gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they came, come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And when one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Parentheses, behold, they are all, uh, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. In parentheses, not sure what that's about. And let us send and see. So these lepers go back. They tell everybody like, hey, there's no one in the Syrian camp. And I think it's the same doughty McDowderson who says, um, nah, it's probably a trick. It's a trap! <laughs> so Admiral Akbar is there, and he says, there's a trap! And you know what Admiral Akbar sounds like? At least when I do a poor impression of him, he sounds like Nixon from Futurama. Oh, yeah, boy, I got it. Yeah, if I knew any of his lines, then I'd say him. But, yeah. Ah, some juice. Maybe sugar will keep me alive. I might just, at this, with this standing thing, I might just fall. Just, you'll see me get reach a threshold oops a threshold of boredom where i just bam just fall straight over and then my cat eats me because only because studies have shown it only takes like a day or two for your cat to just be like oh you're not alive anymore okay i'm eating you um anyway uh so they took therefore two chariot horses and the king sent after most of uh, sorry the host of the syrians my contacts are a little crazy i can't see the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians, so a measure of, oh, and here's where it all gets tied back together, guys. And a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. So it all came true. And I, I just wonder if those merchants had like 
been a little greedy and just like I'm gonna charge like one and a half shekels for this. Would that would he have been wrong? Like, what is the miracle not count because like he was wrong on the price? I was just wondering because he was very specific. He didn't just say like, "Hey, tomorrow we're gonna have a ton of food." He specifically gave like prices. Also, like, how does he know all these prices are consistent? Maybe you know, maybe there's some 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 speculators of fine flour and two measures of barley on Wall Street that are selling barley futures and you know like. Maybe there's maybe there's different huts, you know, they have different prices, like competition rolls in. It might it must have taken them a while to arrive at that price, right? Because right when you get in, the merchants are like, okay, ah, uh, five shekels, and like another guy's like four shekels, and they're like three shekels, you know, and then they get to one shekel. So like I'm just saying, you know, he he might have been wrong for a little while. There's a while when he was wrong, and then, you know, maybe the price goes back. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just say, next time, just protect yourself and say, like, there's going to be food. There's going to be a lot of food. Anyway. <laughs> um, and the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned. Oh, this is Doughty McDowder. This is Admiral Akbar. There's a drop. Uh, to have the charge of the gate. And the people trode upon him in the gate, and he died. And the man of God had said, as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. So Admiral Akbar was killed. Um so that yeah he was trampled and that's why uh and that's why you always leave a note now that's why um he never got to eat any because as the prophecy said he was trampled or whatever who cares um good riddance no i like admiral akbar i don't like that other guy it came to pass as the man of god had spoken to the king saying oh wait wait oh no i read that i'm sorry no i didn't it's just repeating. I, I always get thrown off by that. I never know if it's just repeating the same crap it already said or if I already read that. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley, a shekel, a measure of fine flour shall be tomorrow, about this time of the gate of Samaria, that the Lord... Yeah, that the Lord answered the man of God and said, Now, behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. So it just like repeated that prophecy, which I guess they didn't foresee that you would have an excellent Bible reader like myself to uh, to read these things, you know, to summarize for you. So they felt like they needed to repeat it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I would think in God's all knowingness that He would be able to foresee that. Oh God, are you guys as warm as I am in here? This is insane. Whoo! Just airing out a little bit. Um, I hate summer. Uh, so chapter eight, right? Yeah, because Second Kings seven eight nine. Um, then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life. Oh, this was also I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. I'm just I don't know why I say it like that. I don't remember. Um, remember when uh, Elisha like performed the miracle of impregnating this girl? Well, okay, my version of it is that he just had sex with his girl, but the Bible's version is that, like, he declared that she would have a son for no reason. Yeah, I, I think my version is probably more accurate. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> she came back, I guess. Uh, oh, because her son had died and he brought him back to life. You know, no big deal. Nothing, nothing, whatever, nothing to write home about 
And uh, and let me just make sure you know, no audio problems here. I get paranoid when I haven't looked at it for a while. Okay, yeah, it's still good. Um, okay, so then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, as I said, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household, and sojourn wherever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. Oh, so the Lord's calling for another famine? Or like this was just a temporary famine reprieve? Um, and the woman arose and did after, I think that's what you do when you're a prophet and there's famine. Every day you're like, look, there's going to be famine today. He told me, you know, and then like at once there's not famine, then just be like, oh, oh, I was just trying to tell you. I meant to, I tried to tell you earlier. You're busy. Lord said no famine today. Oh, you found food. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I did. I was going to tell you that, but you know, I guess that's what you do. Um, so yeah, so she goes and sojourns in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and her land. I don't know why she should get that back. She just leaves for seven years. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. I don't know why they're having this conversation at this time. It's not clear, but seven years, I don't know, whatever. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house. And someone's saying there's an ad. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I don't know why there's ads. Sorry. That's, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> I think you can just get a, an ad blocker and they, they don't show, uh, just do that. Uh, install Mozilla ad blocker or get a Mac. That's another, I think Macs just do it automatically. No, I don't know. Maybe not anymore. No, I, when I watch stuff on, that's right. When I watch stuff on my iPhone, it used to not do ads, but they probably found a way around that. Anyway, um, and Gehazi said, my Lord, O King, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha, Elisha restored to life. Um... Let's see. Uh, oh, sorry, getting distracted by more comments. Yeah, my those ads go directly to not me. Go, to, <laughs> they pass go and go directly to not me. So this woman comes back. Oh, that's the air conditioner coming on. It's gonna make the sound a little worse, but I don't care because I need the air conditioning right now. Um, it's set to go once the temperature reach, reaches 197. So it finally, you know, finally kicked in. Uh, it's really only like 80. Just, yeah, anyway. Um, so, uh, so the woman left, comes back after seven years, walks into a room, um, and, and in the, in the room with the king, some, the king just happens to be saying, hey, uh, tell me all the good things that Elisha did. Well, this had to be set up. There's no way, or didn't happen, obviously. A, A, the option A is always didn't happen, which first, most often accurate option. Secondly, set up in some way. So uh, so she walks in, and then, and then the, the guy's like, why, this is the woman whose son uh, Elisha saved, who happens to be walking in. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day she left and uh, the land, even until now. 
And Elisha came to Damascus, and Ben-Hadad the king of Syria was sick, and it was told him, saying, The man of God is come hither. And the king said unto Hazel, Take a present in thine hand, and go meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? So Hazel went to meet him, and took a present with him, even of every good thing of Damascus, forty camels, uh, burden, and came and stood before him, and said, Thy son Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, hath sent me to thee, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? And Elisha said unto him, Go say unto him, Thou mayest certainly recover. Howbeit the Lord hath shewed me that he will surely die. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I love that. So this guy comes and asks Elisha. Well, okay, somebody, I don't know, I think it's the king of Syria, it, it seems like. We'll find out later, maybe. I think that's who it is. Um, somebody sends a messenger to Elisha to ask him if he's... It's hard without a name. Okay, so some king sends advisor, we'll call him advisor, to... Oh, Ben-Hadad. Okay, Ben-Hadad's the king. Ben-Hadad sends advisor to Elisha to ask Elisha if Ben-Hadad will recover from the sickness. And Elisha tells Ben-Hadad... That's already messed up. Elisha tells advisor, because he's a you know, messenger or whatever, messenger advisor slash advisor slash office manager slash, you know, payroll assistant slash secretary. I don't know. He probably has a lot of jobs. Yeah, I'm just saying. We'll, we'll just use advisor for now. Um, he, <laughs> he, uh, he says, oh, yeah, tell him he'll be fine. Between you and me, though, he's dead. <laughs> like, he's instantly going to die tonight. Uh, that's what he says. Um, and he settled his countenance steadfastly. So the guy settled his countenance steadfastly until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. And Hazel said, Why weepeth my lord? And he answered, Because I know the evil that thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Their strong hands, uh, their strong holds, wilt thou set on fire, and their young men wilt thou slay with the sword, and wilt dash their children and rip up their women with child. And Hazel said, But what? Is thy servant a dog that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered, The Lord hath shewed me that thou shalt be king over Syria. So he's he's telling the advisor, like, he starts crying. The advisor's like, dude, what, is, what are you doing? And uh, Elisha's like, well, uh, the Lord's told me that you're going to kill a bunch of people. And he's like, why would I do this? He said, because you're going to be king. So that's that. So I don't know why Elisha can't just kill this guy. Why doesn't Elisha just kill the messenger slash secretary slash, you know, slash barrel manager, office manager? Uh, why can't why can't Elisha just do that? But I don't know. So he departed from Elisha and came to his master and said to him, Who said to him, What said Elisha to thee? And he answered, He told me that thou shouldest surely recover. You're going to be fine. Don't even worry about it. And it came to pass on the morrow that he took a thick cloth, dipped it in water, and spread it on his face so that he died. <laughs> And Hazel reigned in his stead. So, yeah, he just dies. In the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, being then king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. Uh, Thirty and two years old when he began to reign, he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as did the house of Ahab, for the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. 
Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for David his servant's sake, as he promised him to give him away. Uh, oh, there's a typo. All way, it said, which I read as away, but it's always. Uh, to give him always a light into his children. So there's a, another bad king of Israel, but the Lord's not going to take him away because, take his kingdom away because the Lord promised, uh, who was it, J- Judah? Oh, David. Well, the Lord promised David that he, you know, whatever, his children. Who cares? Time for a water juice break. Ah, and you take a break from these Jews and drink some juice. Um, but um, In his days, Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. So Joram went over to Zer and all the chariots with him, and he rose by night and smote the Edomites, which compassed him about, and the captains of the chariots, and the people fled into their tents. Yet Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time, and they were all just revolting. Um, And the rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did, you guys ready for this one? Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? What do you want from me? Go read another book. And Joram slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his stead. In the twelfth year, this is all nothing, just who cares. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, begin to reign. Two and twenty years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. Um, And he reigned one year in Jerusalem, as his mother's name was Ahaziah. Thaliah, the daughter of Omri, king of Israel. And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as they all do. Um, and uh, For he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. And he went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to war against Hazael, the king of Syria, who's the guy who was the messenger, slash office manager, uh, slash um, HR, you know, HR rep, HR you know, person. He just, you know, he did a lot of stuff. But anyway, he's the king now. And the Syrians wounded Joram, and King Joram went back to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him at Ramah when he fought against Hazael, king of Syria, and Ahaziah, uh, Ahaziah maybe, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of, because he was sick. Who cares? That sucked. Um, So this chapter, I think maybe something happened. So this is the last chapter, chapter 9. Man, I am definitely, this is annoying that I have to stand up, but it's probably good. I I haven't yawned yet. I mean, it, it might happen. Also, I'm drinking that juice. That might help. You know, sugar. And Elisha, the prophet, called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, Gird up thy loins and take this box of oil in thy hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when thou comest thither, look out there Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nim. Uh, Nimshi, and go in and make him arise up from among his brethren, and carry him to an inner chamber. Then take the box of oil, and pour it on his head, and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then open the door, and flee, and tarry not. So he's just, this is just a prank. He's like, okay, hey, man, I got, they're really bored. It's like, okay, I got this box of oil. I don't know why I keep oil in a box. Probably should be in a bottle. But anyway, that's what I got. I got this box of oil. Now, I want you to go over to this, this other kingdom or whatever. And um, and uh, I, I want you to take this, just burst in the chamber, right? You'll find this guy. What was his name? I don't remember his name. 
Uh, oh, find Jehu. Yeah, this, is, this son of a bitch, Jehu. He, he totally got me the other day. We're going we're gonna to get him back. Find Jehu. Go in. Um, make him rise up and, and take him into another chamber and just, just pour this oil all over his head. This is what it said. It said pour the oil on his head, which I think would be kind of annoying personally. He's like, he's go- oh my God, it's going to be great. It's going to be epic. So just pour this oil over his head and say, uh, uh, I've anointed the king over Israel or whatever. And then just leave, just flee. So the, <laughs> so the young man, even the young man, the prophet, when, I love when they, those little parts of sentences I love. So the young man, comma, even the young man, the prophet, comma, went to Ramoth Gilead. Like, like I didn't believe you the first time? Why, why do you? Okay, if you just say, so the, the young man went. I, I'm not going to say, like, wait a minute. The, uh, that young man went? And I don't buy it. You know, it's like, the young man, even the young man, the prophet. I love that, how they decide to do that sometimes. I'm not really sure why that is. And when he came, behold, the captains of the host were sitting, and he said, I have an errand to thee, O Captain Buster. Hey, I got an errand to you. <laughs> no, yeah, I totally just have an errand to run. No, anyway, he goes, uh, O Captain, Jehu said, unto which of all of us? And he said, to thee, O Captain. And he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said uh, unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed the king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. And guy's like, oh, man. Oh, you son of a bitch. You got me. You got me. All right. Okay. See you later. Uh, <laughs> and thou shalt smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the, prophet, uh, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall. My favorite way of describing males. It's the greatest thing. Instead of just saying all the men... They have to say, him that pisseth against the wall, which is fantastic. Which, what if you piss against a tree or just not on something, just on the ground? Is that, so you're not a man? You're not a real man unless you pit, find a wall and piss on it, everyone. Uh, <clears throat> and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, the dog shall eat Jezebel and the portion of Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. He's really taking this prank seriously. He thinks he should just be king, I guess, because of this. And the... I already read that. And he opened the door and fled. Oh, no, that's... Oh, no, that's... Sorry, that's the prankster. He's saying what he's going to do. Then Jehu came forth to the servants of his lord, and one said to him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? Ah, it's one of my frat buddies. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, this oil, I know. It'll, it'll go away. Also, we're so freaking oily these days. There, no one's invented shampoo yet. We're incredibly oily. Just don't worry about it. It's just, just an old frat prank. Don't worry. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? And he said unto them, Ye know the man and his communication. And they said, It is false. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Oh, no. Still yawned. Oh, well. Oh, I still yawned, but I'm, I'm not dead. Yet. Not dead yet. Then they hasted and took every man his garment and put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew with trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. So that worked. That's all you need to do to be king. Just hire some guy to dump oil on your head. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, is the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram had kept... So I guess Joram's the, 
the actual king currently, and he's this is like a coup. Um, now Joram had kept Ramoth Gilead, he and all Israel, because of Hazel, king of Syria. But the king Joram was returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him when he fought with Hazel, king of Syria. And Jehu said, If it be your minds, then let none go forth nor escape out of the city to go tell it in Jezreel. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there. And Ahaziel, king of Judea, was come down to see Joram. And there stood a watchman in the tower uh, in Jezreel, and he spied in the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take an horseman and send to meet them. And let him say, is it peace? So this is all um, this guy who got oil dunked on his head. He's now, I think he's plotting to kill the king and probably some other people. Um, so there went one on horseback to meet him. And he said, thus saith the king, is it peace? And Jehu said, what hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. And the watchman told, saying, the messenger came to them, but he cometh not again. So um, the current king is going to get his ass killed probably. Uh, just based on how this is going. I'm, sorry, I'm starting to be able to predict the Bible a little bit. Uh, he sends out a messenger, and the messenger just stays with Jehu somehow. Then he sends out a second messenger on horseback, which came to them and said, Thus saith the king, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. I don't know why that's such a good argument or comeback or whatever that makes that makes these people just leave their king and stay with him. I don't know. He says, what thou to do with peace? And they're like, oh, dude, you're right. Whoa. Whoa, I never thought of that. What is thou to do with peace? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man, do you mind if I just come with you? Because I, oh, oh. You're right. I got to think about that. Whoa. Like, that's. Why, what is, why is he, what is him saying that? Why do they turn to the other side? I don't get it. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a very compelling sentence to me. What's thou to do with peace? Like, oh, wow, you really, I just never thought of it. I asked you if you come in peace and you say, what's thou to do with peace? Oh, man, my, mind blown. Anyway, uh, and the watchman said, he came even unto them and cometh not again. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he driveth furiously. And Joram said, Make ready. And his chariot was made ready. And Joram, so the guy's like, Joram's like, Stop, okay, I'll stop sending him my, giving him my messengers. I'm probably going to need him later. <laughs> um, so he's going to leave. And the chariot was made ready. And Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, went out, each in his chariot. And they went out against Jehu and met him in the portion of of Naboth the Jezreelite. And it came to pass when Joram said, saw Jehu that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace so long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many? And Joram turned his hands and fled and said to Ahaziah, There is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Jehoram between the arms and the arrow, the arrow, the arrow went out at his heart, and he sunk down in his chariot. So he shot Jehu dead. Jehu's dead. And then said Jehu to Bidkar, his captain, Take up and cast him in the portion of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. For remember how that when I said I 
and thou rode together after Ahab his father, the Lord laid his burden upon him. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, saith the Lord, and I will requite thee uh, in this plat, saith the Lord. Now therefore take and cast him into the plat of the ground according to the word of the Lord. He just says, like, toss him in a ditch because the Lord said so. I don't know. I didn't understand why, really. But when Ahaziah, the king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house, and Jehu followed after him and said, Smite him also in the chariot. And they did so at the going up to Gur, which is by Iblium. And he fled to Megiddo and died there. So he killed the other guy. And the servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in the sepulcher with his father's in the city of David. Uh, and in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab began Ahaziah to reign over Judah. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face like a Jezebel would, and tired her head and looked out a window. And as Jehu entered uh, in at the gate, she said, Had Zimri peace who slew his master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And they said, Throw her down. And he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down. So a couple of various verses, uh, you know, the eunuch from uh, from uh, Game of Thrones, threw her down. They, they were traitors, basically, because they were by her, with her at a window. And he said, like, Hey, toss that, toss that bitch down here. And so they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, they did. And uh, they threw her down. And some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trode under her foot. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink, and said, Go now the, see this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. And they went out to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Really weird. Uh, where f I don't know why just the hands. It wasn't even just they found her hands. They found just the palm part. I don't know. Seems odd. Uh, yeah. And they went to bury... Oh, no, I read that. Wherefore they came again and told him. And he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall the dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field. This is a little harsh, but, I, you know. Thus, that's how they were back then. Uh, the portion of Jezreel so that they shall not say this is Jezebel. Well, that's the end of our reading. I think I did a long one last week to just so the chapters would match up right. And uh, so this was a short one. So that's the end. Um, so basically that guy who got the oil dunked on his head. Never dunk oil on a guy's head because he'll go on a killing rampage. Uh, he went and, and killed the king. Ooh. Almost knocked down my laptop. That could have been great. Uh, he he uh, he killed the king, the king's mom. Because Jezebel's not. I don't think she's still the. She's not the queen or whatever. Like the king's wife, um, and then also this other king. So they just killed a bunch of people, and uh, that's the end. So I have some breaking news. Uh, turns out F This Podcast is actually back, at least for one episode, for one terrible episode that we did. My brother and I recorded one last night, um, but it was so late that I haven't had, I haven't gotten to put it up, so I'll put it up tonight. So 
not only is there T and the B tonight, there's also F this podcast. And then my other podcast will carry on uh, tomorrow. So I'm just doing three podcasts now. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to stay dedicated. And I'm sure Sam will flake again and stop doing F this. But look for that tonight. You heard it here first, video watchers. Exclusive news. I haven't told anyone. Well, I wrote on the Facebook that it might happen. But confirmed episode recorded. So uh, if you want to check out my Twitter um, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, sorry, I was looking at a message. If you want to check my Twitter, I, I have the Twitter that I do for the two for flinching is at ww24flinching. And, uh, it's, it's not for that show or anything. I just, I, that's the one I made and I just tweet jokes really all day or not all day, but no, you know, usually a couple per day or at least one per day. Um, so if you want to find me on Twitter, that's, that's, That'll be fun. I'd like that. I'd like more followers so I can make more jokes to more people. And, um, yeah, anything else? Uh, please check out Two for Flinching. Please review on iTunes. Um, review this, as usual. You can tell me you hate my cat. That's fine. You can tell me. <laughs> I guess I had a little too much cowbell. A little too much kitty in the last one. Uh, so said one person. I don't know. A lot of people love him, but I don't care. I, I'm totally fine with not having a cat-dominated podcast. I just... He was distracting me last time, so... Anyway, uh... So, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, I have nothing else to say. So, thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. Adios. Adios.